wasn't. So I was, in a sense, the movement for nine, twelve years of my life when I got recovered, after the first few years of recovery, when I got, quote-unquote, back into spirituality, meditating and everything like that, <clears throat> the, it was the system attempting to find its way out of the system. Yeah? And you can learn a lot about the system, but if you learn it as the system, I think AA says it really well, that's like self-knowledge avails you nothing. And that's the one little ingredient that I didn't seem to have, and most people I meet don't seem to have, is they don't, there's not a realization that what they're calling themselves is, is comprised, is a product and, and the composition of a system of thought and interpretation. It's not, it didn't organically grow. Yeah? It's sort of almost like if you looked at like a space helmet, it's like a helmet that has been put on and we've taken the helmet to be our head, yeah? We've taken the visors to be our eyes and we've, been t we've taken the antennas to be, we're hearing us, yeah? But it's not, we're, the mind is in a structure called self-centeredness and in a sense, self can never get out of self, yeah? It can't get out of itself. Yet, the feeling of being in self is, is, is unbearable to many, many people. They're driven to get relief from that idea of being a self, but they can't get over that one hump that they're trying to get relief as a self, yeah? From self. That doesn't work. Any relief that you get as a self from self will be temporary, obviously. And then what happens is when it leaves, when that relief leaves, it'll be more painful. To the, the feeling of being in self will be more painful than ever because now you have this idea that it doesn't have to be that way, which is excruciating when it seems to be that way. Yeah? When it seems to be that way, they have the idea it doesn't have to be this way. You would, you would believe that would like cause you to try to get out, which it does, but trying to get out is form, is the way of being in. Yeah? The more you want to get out of self, that's actually the real appearance of being in a self. Yeah? The drive to get out of it is the appearance of being in a self. Because <clears throat> you can't get out of something that's imaginary. For, you, for me to leave, I have to be somewhere to go from. I have to go from somewhere. Or I can't leave. Or, or like we say, uh, you know, the only way you can feel lost is if you're going somewhere. If you're not going anywhere, you, you can't feel lost. Yeah? If there's no drive to go anywhere, you can't feel lost. Yeah? The sense of feeling lost creates this drive to go somewhere. That would be the sense of trying to get out of self. And that's the feeling of being in self, which is the feeling of being lost. Yeah? That's what gets emphasized. So... It's just like how the mind works when you want something and you don't have it. It seems to be really real how great it would be if you had it. So its absence produces a lot of suffering, yeah? mental, exquisite mental suffering. Because you really believe if I had that, it would be great. Now you can't entertain that when you have it. Yeah? When you have that little jewel, <laughs> yeah? and then you realize you don't even care that much about the jewel, it blows that whole little storyline out of the water. But when you don't have it, when you don't have it, it can be, it can seem so real that if you did, everything would be great. Yeah? So, this idea of getting out of self, yeah, 
is the, is the self's greatest desire. It wants to feel like it's out of self while it is a self. Yeah? It wants to feel what it believes it would be like to be out of self while it's in a self, which causes the feeling of being in a self incredible duration and an amplification of the suffering. Yeah? Because you believe you could be out of it. That's why some people have had exquisite moments, let's say uh, an awakening moment or whatever, and then it seems to leave, they're really fucked. Because yeah? now all they want to get back to is where they thought they were. But there was never you there. Yeah? But now because you've, somehow it's gone, the story is you must have done something to leave it because you believe you did something to get there. Yeah? If you believe you achieved something, that same mind that believes it's the achiever of something can believe it's the loser of that. Yeah? You can't escape it. You can't escape that. You can't escape that dualistic uh, paradigm. Yeah. So, the idea of why I find the solution to be so clear is that the problem's imaginary. Yeah? It's an imaginary problem. What you think you are, you're not. And what you're trying to get away from, you were never in. Yeah. That, what, what does that do? It exhausts the system. The system, it sort of backfires and it can't get over it. Yeah? It sort of, it almost implodes on itself because its whole drive is to become something. Yeah? It's always trying to become something or unbecome something. If it believes that it's a loser, it's acting all day to try not to be one. Yeah. If it believes it's a self, it's trying to get out of self. Yes? But the whole point is, there's what it's believing can't be so. <clears throat> so any effort to get out of it implies that it is so. That's the lie. And it doesn't matter, there's no, like, uh, there's no specific uh, exemptions, you know? Your specific case doesn't mean it's different. It's, it's just the, it's the way mind works, yeah? Blocks, blocks, yeah? You're trying to get out as being in it. Just like the moment. Everyone's trying to get into the moment, I swear. There's books written about it. Every time you look at a magazine, they're trying to show you a great moment. You in a sports car with a beautiful babe. They don't show you the divorce proceedings after a couple of weeks or months. They don't show you, you know, her and you farting in the bed and doing all this stuff and driving each other crazy. You just, oh yeah, that would be great. That would be great if I could get there. But what happens is, why does it look great can be that there? Because it's not here. If it was here, just like if you dropped an alcoholic into heaven, it could be hell in a day. Yeah? But as long as it's far away, it's heaven. A conceptual, oh, this is a great, great moment. Because I'm not there. Yeah? The moments I find I am don't seem to be that satisfied. But because I'm not at that great moment. But we see it all the time, isn't it true? The here gets invalidated for the mythical there. You finally arrive at the mythical there. What does it reveal itself to be here? As soon as it's here, this doesn't work. Alright, let's make another mythical there. You get to that mythical there, it's here. Where, whenever you arrive at the mythical there, it's here. The same here that you were in when you were waiting for it. Yeah, the same, same here. <laughs> Now this I like because this causes my mind to look and see its limitation, the finiteness of the box it's in. 
Yeah? And when it reaches, and when it feels all around the box, and there's no window, and there's no door, finally, it's like that old story with the box, it feels this, and this is playing the role of the fourth wall, this is, you're thinking this is a long-lasting, inherent, solid entity. You're like, just as real as these three walls. But if you t feel this, and you realize I'm not that, what happens? There's only three walls. You have to be a certain, looking a certain way to feel like you're in a box. If you turned around, there would be no box definition whatsoever. You'd be looking out, yes? Space. But we're never looking this way, because when we look this way, it's called self-obsession. We only look so far as if, as if it regards us, as this. We never question this. The question this is to see through it, and when you see through it, there's, another, there's not the fourth wall. There's no fourth wall, you're not in a box. It's just a form of looking that we're saddled with, called self-centeredness, that assumes that there's the fourth wall, and it's solid and real, and I'm the alpha, actually, I'm the begetter of the other three walls. I'm the alpha and the omega. <coughs> I'm the definition, I am the main, I am the structural foundation of the box, me. Everything is about me, but if there is no me, then what happens? The attention and interest goes, doesn't hit this, yes? And, start, and then stop there, and then look at everything that revolves around it, all the thoughts and the stories and the Paul, 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 Paul in relation to you, Paul in relation to you, to all the yous, the inanimate objects and objects, thoughts, ideas, there's only been one that's been in relationship with them all, me. Yeah? All of that, if that, if my attention isn't wedded to that and goes through this, <coughs> and looks this way, what does it see? It's original face. That emptiness, that space. It sees its original face. How can that be defined by the box ever again? Even though the box is constantly being reasserted, reinforced, yes? Seemingly so, like a magician's trick that goes on and on and on and on with some commercial breaks, I, me, my, I, me, my, but then the rest of the thing. But now, the attention and interest is much, much, much more important than whatever you think you are. The intention, intent, interest and attention is it. Yeah? When that interest and attention breaks through this little bondage, this idea of being Paul, what does it do? It flies, in a sense. It doesn't land on this and take this thing it landed on to be its nature, only to go forth from it and always come back to it. Yeah? Like a trained eagle. Always going back, forth, back. Now it flies into that space and it never lands. <clears throat> you see its nature. Its nature is verbing. There's no noun that it rests on. There's no noun that it comes from. It's just part and parcel of the mind, yeah? There's no place it rests. Then, in this, in this sense, when it comes back through here to touch others, it leaves its little droppings, in a sense. It leaves the scent of no fingers. And it doesn't forget its nature now. It doesn't land here anymore. It lands there. It never lands there. It just keeps flying. Yeah? And that's the real rest. Yeah? Here it's a phony rest. You're sitting on this idea of being Paul, but that idea of being Paul is like a house built on sand. It, has, it does no, doesn't provide any rest. Because it's a figure of time. So that if it's really good today, it may not be good tomorrow. It can never rest. The seeking can never stop. 
interested attention now rest goes here and realizes its rest is in flying constantly yes its rest is in this burning it never has to land anywhere and tend to call itself to be a, a a doing of that yeah a verb of this noun the noun is false once the mind gets that interest attention we unwedded to that whole fucking slavery yeah even though some remnants will go there, the rest of your attention, most of your interest attention will not land anywhere anymore. It will just fly in this spaciousness of mind. Yeah? You won't take yourself to be a thing and you won't take others to be a thing. It's not like you don't see things because this is the perception of the body. But the fact is, there's a seeing that I'm not that. Yeah? Nor are you. This makes a big impression in one's life. Yeah. Uh, it seems like um, it seems like there's a, there's a, a choice in the attention. Like there's like it, it seems like a ping pong ball, so it goes back and forth in these two different directions. The me and the yeah. Well, if this seems like there's a choice, then make the right choice. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. If it seems like, if you feel like you have a choice, then make the right one. Yeah. Point. Yeah. <laughs> the metaphysics of it, is there no choice, or can there be choice in the predetermination? Well, that's mind candy. If you feel like you can choose, choose. Yeah. I'm going to put my attention on something else. It doesn't matter what's... The story is irrelevant, yeah, in a way. Yeah? The story is irrelevant. And it seems like the choice to attach to this is, like, based on a fear of, like, what's going to happen to this. I would say that's after the, the, that, not before. That's after, that comes after it. Once this thing becomes you, then there's a fear of what's going to happen to you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Based on the used qualities, which is it's come here to go. <laughs> it's got quite strong limitations. It can get ill and everything like that. And there's a lot of things it needs that aren't in its control. It's not a completely holistic system, is it? You have outside needs as a physicality, don't you? Yeah. Yes, a lot of things. And those, the possibility of not getting those met seem to be available. Yeah. So it's after this, after the identification with what we're not sets up everything else. It sets it all up. Yeah. As soon as this is taken to be you, it sets the whole. That's why I share this in a sense. Because why? If you're, if everyone seems to be traveling over a row of knots, yeah. <clears throat> Certain knots seem to grab their attention and interest and consequential experience. For years, maybe, maybe they got hit by a car or got a certain illness, <coughs> marriages and stuff like that, children, yeah? <coughs> and we call these all these little problems we have, yeah? But I found if you trace it back, all the problems, the, the, the meaning that they're holding to you at that point of the problem is based on this first knot, which is identification as a self. So if you want relief from the 30th knot, Maybe just look at the first knot. If I'm not that, I'm guaranteed, well, I won't guarantee it, but <clears throat> you'll find out what happened with me. The first knot affects all the other knots. 
The other knots don't affect the first knot. Yeah? The first knot, though, when loosened, everything, all the other knots have this one thread from the first knot going through them. When this loosens up, yes, it doesn't mean the knots will loosen up, but how you, the meaning you give those knots will definitely loosen up. Yes? So therefore, in your experience, the knot will be loose. It doesn't mean if it loosens up or not, yeah? It means because most things don't really mean that much. They mean a lot to you. You're the biggest player in every experience you're in. You're giving everything the meaning it has. That's why they can't... Let's say if someone has a very bad, like a heinous thing, like a <clears throat> they get sexually abused when they're kids, yeah? And so everyone would say, that's a very influential experience to be sexually abused if you're a kid. But if you would take 20 people who've gone through that, their subjective experiences would be different probably. Some may have used it, and it seemed like their life just flourished from that experience. Yeah? Others got into drugs and alcohol and just used that as an excuse the rest of their lives, you know, for not being able to live. So you have to see which is the biggest player in any event here. It's you. Yeah. The mind is giving it the meaning it has. This place isn't real. It doesn't have an inherent meaning. The inherent, the inherent meaning it has is that it's empty. Therefore, the mind projects tons of meaning on things. That's what happens, yeah? In the Course of Miracles, step one, I think it's lesson five, which is lesson two, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. That's what's happening here. This place is subjectified. Yeah? In other words, you and I may be doing the same thing. Your take on it is totally different than my take on it, probably. Because the thing itself doesn't have an inherent quality. It's given meaning by whoever is participating in it. Yeah? This is the, this, where you're at, in the sense, plays a huge role in where you're at. Yeah? Where this is, I'm telling you. This idea of being a victim and life is imposing its will on us is baloney. You're like in physics, they say, you know, the biggest influence of every experiment is the observer of it. Yeah? So every, you could call every event here as an experiential experiment. Well, you're the observer of that, aren't you? Seemingly, from the point of view of selfing, that's the biggest influence of everything that ever happened to you, is the meaning your mind gave to it. That's what we're reacting to, is the meaning our mind gave to things. We're not reacting to things themselves. Because there aren't any things. Yeah? They're inherently empty. We're giving it all the meaning it has. That, was, that blew my mind when I heard that one. I swear to God. When I heard that one, that was one of the strongest forced pauses I've ever had. My mind just came, because it just recognized an activity that was going under its umbrella. That it hadn't really noted. Jesus Christ, there's tons of meaning. I thought they were from. I thought you were fucking with me. I swear to God. I thought they were fucking with me. I hate this world. This the way it is. The world is what I make it. Yeah. I play a huge role in the world. I give it the meaning it has to me. Yeah. Yeah. That when that hit me, instead of bitching about all the all the situations, I I questioned. All right, where is this fucking coming from? If it's not me, because I, what I found, I lost interest in it when I entertained I wasn't it. If I was entertaining how obsessed I was when I was identified as it, that would be a giant form of obsession. Yeah, trying to get out of it. Yeah. If I was noting how obsessed I was around the idea of self, as a self, that would be a huge obsession with self. 
under the pretenses, I'm going to get so much knowledge about it, I'll know it. And therefore, when I know it, when I truly know it, that will give me an advantage. It's total bullshit. It doesn't work, yeah? Because the freedom isn't for self or as self, it's from self. The idea of self. The idea of self is selfing. There's no noun. It's just a, a mental process implying, inferring, assuming, indicating, pointing at, insinuating. And it's done it for such a while now, we've already fallen under its spell. Yeah? We, when we seem to be awake right now, this is a trance state we're in. The feeling of being awake right now is actually a trance state. Where we believe we go to is not at the Alpha and the Omega of it. We're like at the third knot, or let's say the second knot. I would say the first knot is identification as the body, and then the second knot is identification as a self. They go together, yeah? There could be no premise of a self unless you had a singular object you could call yourself, yeah? So the mind first identifies as the body, then it starts riffing that I am that body, yeah? And then it builds this I, which is just a you, yeah? It's just a you called me. That's all it is. Driven by the movement of consciousness through it, but now it doesn't recognize or it doesn't... There's not a seeing from the consciousness, there's seeing from a made-up position, point of view called self, and from this position, it looks like I'm the one who's conscious. Yeah? I'm the one who's doing it. I'm actually doing consciousness. And if I'm doing consciousness, I can really do it, which means I'm really conscious today, or I can fucking be, you know, lazy and, and I'm really unconscious today. <clears throat> it is the, this, the way consciousness has been interpreted is how you can hide the huge elephant in the room. How the mind can go around acting as if it's so, that it's a singular independent entity, and there's real things out here, and there's objects and everything like that. The only way it can do is, how can we get this huge blanket to fucking throw over the elephant? And because consciousness is intruding on the story, because it precedes the story. It precedes it. But in the story, the story puts its little object, you, as the one who precedes everything. If you see that not to be so, it is so fucking obvious what precedes you. That you isn't the Alpha and the Omega. You are not the starting point. You are like about four steps behind. Yeah? And no matter how you try to retrace your steps, you as this feeling of being yourself can never get prior to consciousness or awareness. You can't appear and then make a choice. All right, I'm going to choose to be aware, or I'm going to choose to be conscious. There's no choice in that. You can seem like you have a lot of choices of a lot of things, but there's no choices in, oh, there is an awareness, or there is awareness. There's no choice in that. Because life is brought to us by awareness. That's the only way there is a life here. Yeah? You have to have some, something must be aware of it to be happening. Yeah? Yeah? For an event to happen, there has to be something that allows it to be happening. Yeah? Something must be aware of it. We take it to be us. Yeah? And so that immediately, we take the throne or the crown of, of subjectivity or godhood in a sense, and we place it on our own little head here. And now we become the subject. And we're what's happening. Yeah? And we're what's happening, everything's happening too. And then this huge story 
of this like giant, let's say, river of expression or manifestation is now twisted to mean it's all happening to me. Yeah? Everything is, it's always looked at, life is happening to me. This is unbelievable. I mean, it's really incredible. Not knowing what the hell's going to happen when all that energy comes your way. <laughs> it's way too much for the way it's built. Look at people, the neuroses, and they're flipping out. There's like 800 different mental diseases, and they're popping up every day. The whole country here is just bloated on fucking prescription medication. The freaking <laughs> This is like geometrically progressive. The mind is whacking itself out. Well, it can't take all the attention. It'd love to, but it can't handle it. Yeah? It's like seeing the eye of God, and then you realize, and as the false God, what gets burnt up isn't the eye of God, it's the false God. Yeah? The false God is what gets blinded by the eye of God. The eye of God doesn't get poked out by the false God. Yeah? <laughs> we get fried. <laughs> to be a doer here to imagine that every one of the events in your life you're held as the doer of it or somehow the one who was done to that's insane there's no possibility of being let off the hook even if it's described to you perfectly that you were powerless when you were under those narcotics or drugs you still have it's like a guilt and shame factory. It never closes. It's open 24-7. You're still rehashing those events that you did when you were under the influence of alcohol and drugs under the premise that you could have done something different. You know, I should have had, I should have put my foot down for it. <laughs> you fucking break. So everyone's suffering from this huge burden and yet when brought to that point, ah, I just want to get another yoga class. I want to join another four-year fucking retreat or something. Yeah? On and on and on and on. Yeah, that's a safe place to hide, in a way. Radical freedom is like, you know... Why does that happen? What? Why does that happen? Ah, uh, don't go, why? Who knows? It didn't happen. That's the point. That's the solution. It appears to be that way. It's all the qualities of a dream. It's like, let's say if we, let's say something's dreaming. So, let's say, let's say there's this energy that's of no-thingness, let's say. Let's say, it's, let's say it's just, uh, it's incomprehensible, you can't imagine. But let's try like in Tibet, let's say it's like the open sky or the void or emptiness or whatever. And yet, one of its aspects is its dream. Yeah? There's no dreamer, it's just dreaming. So in the dream, for the dream that would to happen, in a sense, there would have to be certain things that are impossible to occur. Which is, that nothingness would have to sort of produce a thingness so that it could see through. So it could see itself as other things. Yeah? Like have a giant like amusement park. Yeah? And yet, so these eyes, these eyes aren't, they're not built to see. They're built to sort of perceive. Yes? But what they're perceiving is already laid out. It's like a dualistic diagram of a dream. So every time I see, 
it's not seeing, it's perceiving. And I'm perceiving from a, a stated ignorance. I believe I'm the one that's seeing another. Yeah? It smacks of dualism. And it can't escape that limitation. So these eyes are never going to see. Yeah? But the eye of mind seeing. And it's the eye of mind seeing that's dreaming, let's say, through this camera location. It's not the camera. The camera is built to look at things, yeah? It's built, it's built to have experience. So something has to come and meet me to have an experience. If you were just sitting here in nothingness, there would never be an experience, yeah? But here, I can run into something, and that would produce an experience, yeah? So this whole interface, this body is meant to produce experiences, yeah? But those experiences have to be produced by a certain perceptual way of looking, like self-centered. Because now you take yourself to be a thing, and you take other things to be things. And so, like in the Course it says, when you're the dreamer, or we're the dreamer of the dream, but we forgot we're the dreamer of the dream, we forgot we're dreaming it, and we've given everything we dreamt all the power to affect us. That's really what's happening here. So, the dreamt object can never leave the dream. It's just realizing that it's a dreamt object. Yeah? And when you realize that, you realize you never left the dream because you were never in the dream. There was never being in the dream because you're not this. Therefore, there's no need to ever leave the dream. Yeah? For to leave someplace, you had to be there. Yeah? For me to leave someplace, I had to be there. This is cutting it off at the point of giving it a reality it doesn't deserve, which is, I was there. No, you were never in the dream. That's the only solution to the dream, is you were never in it. Yeah? It's happening, but you were never in it. Like Jesus says, you're in this world, but not of the world. So you're in, let's say, this world of dreaming, but you're not of the dream. Yeah? You're not of that. You're not the dreamt object. As soon as you're not the dreamt object, there's no need to get out of the dream. <laughs> because it's seen as... <laughs> because every attempt to get out of it is being in it. That's... that's what, what would be one of the greatest aspects of, a, let's say, a bad dream are all the escape doors and all the exit doors that never lead you anywhere. Yeah? But there'd be tons of them, wouldn't it be? That would be part of the juiciness of the dream. You're constantly trying to get out. <laughs> but whenever you get out the other side of the door, there you are. <laughs> As the dreamt object. So there's no point where the dreamt object is going to get out of the dream. <laughs> so, hallelujah. You're not that. <clears throat> That's the only solution because it has a timeless quality. If you were that, and there was a possibility you don't have to be that, but it would cause, it would, it's going to demand a lot of work to get out of this and not be it. Where is that from? The system in and of itself. The system is, it stinks with time. What is that but time? But the timelessness of the solution is, how much time does it take me to leave somewhere I never was at? How much time? None! I don't have to know, I don't have to go to any travel agent, any spiritual advisor, I don't have to buy any tickets, 
I don't have I don't have to pack because I ain't going anywhere. Because where I think I am, I've never been. That's the only one that works because it doesn't have any time in it. Yeah. How could something of time go into timelessness? How could a product of time, which this is, leave time and go into timelessness as the product of time? I'm not that. That's the timelessness. Manifesting in time. Why? Well, why not? stopping it it gets a, it gets its own flavor finally seriously it realizes realizes hey I'm not of this place yeah. it's not trying to get a ticket out it's not trying to transcend it the transcendence is being here all they're trying to get out of here is being in here the transcendence is being here how you transcend this place is truly being here because when you're truly here, you realize you ain't. You're not here. Yeah? But as you truly let yourself be here, then you realize you're not here. But when you're busy trying to not be here, that's really being here. Yeah. When, you're, when, you're truly try, when you're trying to get out of here, transcending it, I think uh, someone sent me a thing on UG Krishnamurti, and he said something that sounded really familiar with me, which is, the drive is always to improve, yeah, or to make better. That's all what it is. It's a desire to become. It's a desire to unbecome something it thinks it is, and it's a desire to become something it isn't. Yeah? But it never can be any of it. It can't come into fruition. It cannot be. You are not a loser. Yet, if you act like you don't want to be like one, or you, you have this belief, I don't want to be a loser, you will act like one thousands of times. Just like the fraud. If you're afraid of being a fraud, you'll feel like one thousands of times. When no one's making you feel like one, you'll be doing it all. You'll be projecting like crazy and fucking thinking. You're walking through like a fraud minefield. Everything, you know. I'm a fraud, I'm a fraud. No, you're not. But fucking let it hit you. Because now, because you're trying to not to be a fraud, that trying to transcend what you're not causes you to seem to be it. Yeah? When you're attempting to transcend what you're not, that's how you look like it. <laughs> that's what gives it reality. It's <laughs> your unwillingness to be what you're afraid of being is what makes you act like it all fucking time. <laughs> if you sit with mind, you'll see it. You'll see it. You know? Conditional mind. You'll see its basic paradigm, a lot of it. And some of it is really like bizarro world. It's like doing the opposite of what we actually think we're going. We're mostly going backwards instead of seemingly forwards. The story is we're moving forward, but we have no clarity because we're actually going backwards. <laughs> yeah? it's, just, it's just like, and when we believe, I'm really into doing this, it's usually you're afraid you don't want to be doing something else. 
It's usually a moving away, not a moving towards. Yeah. The moving away is dictating all the movement, all moving towards. Yeah. So if you try to make sense out of all this, it's crazy. Just see what the mind's trying to move away from. Yeah. The feeling of being a fraud, the feeling of doing this, the feeling of being bad, the feeling of the person who hurt all these people. Yes, all that desire to become something other than that it causes you to be run by that, that idea. It's like the hell of the mind's own making. Yeah, and what makes it more more insufferable is it puts up these conceptual heavens around to make you really feel shitty when you don't seem to be there. Yeah. You'll see it. It's sort of like a movement of mind. You'll see the mind's movements. There's not there's not tons of them. There's a few of them. Yeah. In all the mental states, you'll see a certain certain like currents and tides that the only ones that run the whole all the activity of the surface of the ocean. You'll get to see the movements underneath. And when you see the movements underneath, you lose interest in the surface, and then after a while, you lose interest in that, and you get the sense of that ocean. Yeah. You get the sense of the ocean. You just see these are like the mind moving, do 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 like a, and when it takes this little object of being you and puts it on it, it just follows its moving from wave to wave and this and that. But underneath is the basic currents, and in there is just the incredible space of the end of the ocean. Yeah. That's how I saw it anyway. I saw, I spent a lot of time trying to get out of self. And what I found in time afterwards, in hindsight, it was the exact opposite that was actually going on. I was implying or verifying the, the idea of being in self by trying to get out of it so much. Yeah. And that one pattern I've seen play out in almost all the mental states. The direction you think you're going is really, let's say, the least attractive way to go, in a sense. <laughs> it's, it's, you, there would lot, there'd be a lot more... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to put it, you know, but there'd be a lot more, let's say, uh, satisfaction if you just stayed right where you were. Just like in recovery, I've gone for 24 years. I guess, I think the most happened to me is all the hours I just sat on my ass every hour. <laughs> I didn't do anything. <laughs> I was just sitting there. I probably bought, that produced more than all my little fucking activity, all the other, sitting there and doing this. Just sitting my ass in a room with other people probably did the most that anybody ever did in this life. For this, yeah? So if you can just see what you're not, one of the times when you're seeing it, you know, because let's say there was an activity that really you really feel you were doing it or you're doing it, or that that's really me, that has a flavor of me, and then you hear it as as if it's just a fundamental aspect of a conditional mind. What happens is the emphasis on that you that's lurking in the shadows, you know, the emphasis moves to the seeing, yeah. And you get to really get to your own nature is the seeing or the awareness that you're more that than anything else that's ever fucking appeared. You know, if you want to take yourself really back to the beginning, 
That's it. Prior to, if you want to call it a birth, there was awareness, yes? Questions today? You should join Jeff. We got a good thing going. I think I'm going to have. I'm going to become like a sleep therapist. <laughs> Anyone who suffers from a you know uh, what is it called insomnia, just give them some CDs of mine. I guarantee them to be asleep in 30 minutes. It'd be great. Hey, it's great, man. To get a good sleep. There's no better place to sleep than at a meeting like this. I swear. Well, just you can. It'll be very rejuvenating. It probably can get you really close to the deep sleep faster, in a sense, if you believe that. The satsang. Jeff always seems very vitalized after he leaves. Tonight, he only needs 25 minutes. (laughs) He's getting like his power naps now. (laughs) So we're just exploring. You've been there a long time when I said the dry dock. Good to see you. It's been 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. I was in my 20th program. I was halfway through with 9 11 yet, so that's how I met. Well, good. I met you a month later. Yeah, good. Hey, well, you know, I heard someone talk the other day. I go to this meeting, it's like a literature meeting. So Alright, that sounds good. A lot of people like that. Oh, yeah, I'd like to rely on that. But they want to rely on that as this. We're saying that's not happening. You, as this, you can't rely on that. Because when this arrives at that, it'll make it something. Yeah? It will make it something. It won't allow this to influence it. Commit. It will constantly give this the meaning it has. So if I'm not that, though, if I'm not that, maybe that, that desire is just is put into time and space. I'm looking for it as if something that needs I can do. But if it's if I question this and I'm not that, it may become immediate. It may have no time quality to it. The solution may be really rooted in there is no problem. Yeah? It could be. I found it to be so. Yeah. So the solution is immediate. If I look at it from here, then the solution has to be there. But if I look at this, and this here isn't here, that's, um, the imaginary there is available now. What I think it's going to do is, is already available. Yeah? But not to me, because me would make it that. Yeah? You cannot, there's no way you're going to meet this. There's no way. You're not going to meet it. It's, it's questioning the you, when the you is, Weaken, then there's no meaning in it. You are that. Yeah. Oops. There's all my all my stories in time. Blown away. The immediacy is just overwhelming. And the feeling is it's never not been that way. That's the point. No matter how real it seemed like it was real when you're in it, it seems totally unreal when you're out of it. Even this last second. This last minute, how real is it? How real is like 7.30, uh, 6.30 today? How real is it? 
It's not here, it must be fucking unreal. What's always here, I would say, earns the name of reality. What's always so must be what's real. Yeah? We're trying to make what seemed to have been so, but is it now, but it was real. And it will be real. By what? Denying the reality. The only way we can make that, that was real, and it will be real, to sort of verify all our resentments and regrets and worries, yes, the mind's just fucking going off, is, it's, it's denial of the reality of this, of this nowness, yeah? If this isn't denial, that and there, there and then become really important. They're what's real. What's not happening is real to us in the mind. But what's happening, and I don't mean what's happening, the stick figures running around or like this. The space, the oddness, the, the presence, the intelligence of awareness, whatever you want to call it, what that is, is what's real. And everything that appears in it only has any sense of relevance from that. Because without that, none of us would be appearing here. This is a maker. That which, let's say, is the creator, if you want to call it that way. Like in the Course of Miracles says, man's mind makes, God's mind creates. Man never creates. It just makes, yeah? Appearances and make appearances, make appearances. But the mind of God creates. It's like getting to that first knot, whatever, however you want to apply it. Getting to the last fence post. Yeah. Seeing your original face. The open sky mind. The emptiness. The seeing nothing. All these are little ways of pointing out to something that's right underneath our nose right this second. It can't be it can't be pointed at, so they make metaphors about it, yeah, and analogies and parables and poems, yeah, and they attempt to sort of produce or convey a sense of it, so that the mind can come out of this conceptual hieroglyphics and see, you know, see, yeah. see before name and form, just see. It makes a very big impression on you as this action figure. It allows you to live that rule 62 in recovery. Don't take yourself so seriously. Because the most serious you can take self is that it's you. You can't go beyond that. See, if that's the biggest meaning mind can give anything is that it's you. It's a bigger meaning than if it gave to a God, something to be God. The bigger God in this little realm is you. You is the bigger God and self-centeredness, you. So that's the biggest meaning the mind can give to anything, which is given this thing the name of you or me. The crown of crowns, yeah? Everything else is like a, a made-up God in front of it. Yeah. See you, bro. Good to see you again. Good to see you. You look good. Thank you. You do too. Thank you. See you, man. He used to come to the China.
when I was there. That was like fucking like rowdy taverns back then. Compared to this, I was under like physical 